Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 230. Linz and I are having fun like we normally do. Yeah. Yeah. Without Derek. <laughs> like we normally do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have a lot of info and books that we reviewed this week to. Yes, we're, our ears. book game has been strong lately. Very much so. And the books that we picked this week. Holy shit. They diverse they, as fuck. I was going to say yeah, I was going to say <laughs> random. Yes. <laughs> but very good. Uh we also got in a little bit of Spider-Man movie news. Uh talked about some some strange. Yes, Doctor yeah. Strange. Yes. Uh the there's doctor. a lot of strange. Um we also spoke a bit about uh your thoughts on the reset button for X-Men. Yes. Whenever I talk about X-Men, it's very impassioned. Uh, we also talked about some toys, right? Oh, yeah. And, and then, then spoiler alerts for Season 7 of Game of Thrones, which we talked about but didn't really talk about because we don't want to know nope. that shit. We're spoiler-free. Yes. <laughs> um, there was a lot of other stuff that we didn't get to, but briefly mentioning, uh, go see Dave Chappelle's Walking Dead skit uh, from SNL. That shit was hilarious. Hilarious. So with that... Sit on your ass and grab your glass. Unless you're driving. Yeah, uh, yeah, don't uh, do not do that. Or at work. Yeah, well, maybe at work. Maybe you know. A glass of water. Maybe you work at a brewery. Either way, it doesn't matter. Or you have that, that pocket flask yes. in the drawer. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> enjoy Drunk on Comics, episode 230, Taint Nothing Stranger. or something that is the lamest fucking excuse ever <laughs> well you know drunk drivers mailboxes i don't know i don't own a house so <laughs> i don't have any sort of those responsibilities i know but why would you do that on a time when we're recording i would have gone and helped him at another time i think it, it goes back to the point of he just doesn't like hanging out anymore i think it's you because i've hung out with him a bunch fuck off <laughs> I do think it's me, and I'm sad. <laughs> no, what? Well, you did at least come for uh, the interview time. Yes, which is our interview with Dirk Manning, which has been posted. So if you yep. haven't listened to it yet, listen to it. It was good. It was an awesome interview. I mean, all our interviews are usually awesome. I do, I do, though, like that he does know that we are his podcast to go to to whore himself out. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm... I, I titled it just an interview with Dirk Manning again. I mean, I really want to sit down and talk with him, though. we got to start coming up with something creative because I don't even know how many times we've talked to him from small interviews to just sit alone, you know, hour-long right. format. But it, we got to come... I mean, saying Dirk on Comics 2, I mean, that is always true when it comes to, to interviewing him. However... I don't know. There, we got to come up with something like unique. Yeah, we'll have to. I'm. He's got a. I mean, he's a writer, right? Yeah. He he would like if we asked him, he'd probably send us like an entire novel's length worth of ideas <laughs> that we could choose from. We could just go down the list each time. It would probably 
all tie in together and end up ah. Oh, we, we should get him to name each one of them, but as they go along together, they build a story. Oh yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. We'll have to And go reword the other ones so we could kind yes. of already start and just have him have these already set up to where he knows like oh shoot we're on like the 12th podcasting so i gotta somehow mention this right <laughs> that would be, be interesting we'd be revolutionary well i mean i've seen people that have done who've have their own podcast or have their own youtube channels and the one of the most unique ones that i saw was uh this guy who whatever he titled it for however many months uh uh his girlfriend's name, and then "Will you marry me?" was oh. the first letter. So when you look at all the links up on the website and just look down, you can see the code. Yeah. So he, so he knew. Uh, what is that like? Eight months or so times you know four weeks it, to make spell out all those. Right. So he had this idea for that long to wait to get her to finally, and then on. The, I hope the, she listens to. The last. Podcast. Well, the last. <clears throat> well, that's the thing, though. On the last one, um, it was just titled, quest- that was just question mark, mm-hmm. and it was actually him live uh, vi- filming of oh. his girlfriend coming in. He's having her sit at the computer to figure it out. Right. And then, he- so that was even a cooler That's question cute. mark that the people that watched his wouldn't know the answer until the end. Right. And I was like, I've always wanted to do that, but that just takes too much time. You want to ask a girl <clears throat> to marry you via podcast Yeah, just randomly. <laughs> No, that is not what I wanted. I just want I want to tell a story or do I a gotcha. secret. I, yeah. I mean, I've tried to do themes sometimes each month right. with, with our titles. When we had the sinking ship one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we. Just, to be honest, our titles mean nothing. No, last last week's title was completely <coughs> arbitrary. But to us, it, it comes off as, yeah, that yeah. works. It's funny. We, you know... We're what? this? So we're on episode 230. Yep. That's 230 titles. Not to mention all the ones that you guys did before you started numbering, like, the interviews and stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're well beyond yeah. 230 in actual product podcasts that we put out. However, I'll never forget, like, when we were first just going to title them just the number, and that first one was episode one, the, <laughs> the fan wasn't the Phantom Menace, the Phantom Magic or something. It was, I forget what it was titled, but that was where we started saying, yeah, we're going to come up with stupid names yeah. and yeah. and put them on in. And I don't even, I think some of them we might not have even, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, who cares? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you know, we're at 2.30, so you guys must have been doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what, because <laughs> I still like to know why we still have so many <laughs> listeners out there, but... They are still listening for some reason or another. Yeah. Well, you know, we're, I find us entirely entertaining. But, again, that's it's a real low bar. Yeah. <laughs> well, I find us two-thirds entertaining since oh. Derek doesn't ever show up. Aw. I was going to call him something else, but then I thought, nah. <laughs> Podcast one, the Phantom Magic. That is what it was called. <coughs> yep. I just went to the archives. Re-listen to that at some point, Lens. Yeah. And realize how shitty we were. <laughs> we, we should just, when like when we have like a down week, like, you know, Thanksgiving is coming up, so we're not going to be around on Thursday. We just sh- repackage we it? We should just... Re- I thought about actually somehow we could dub over it. Yeah. With our commentary 
of what we thought oh, went wrong. Like we did. Yes. That would be fun. Get really drunk and do it. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> that is, I will say this, doing this podcast has increased my alcohol intake. I, well, I don't even know if quite a bit. I'd still be doing the things that I do. Yeah, you are. You're a, you're <laughs> a, a professional. You're, you're a lush. professional lush, yeah. You're a drinker. There's nothing wrong with that. Nope. No. Nope. Um, so, something that I finally was able to see. It's been out for two weeks now. Dr. Strange. Yes. Actually, no, not even two weeks. It's been a, a, a week. week. And a ha- yeah, a week and a half Because it came out... Not the this third. last Friday, but... But it was two yeah. weekend, full weekend right. uh, box office. And you finally um, saw it, eh? Saw it in 3D uh, IMAX. Yeah. Is the only way to see this movie. Yeah, I, I, I saw it too, and I saw it in regular, and now I think I need to go back. There's a lot of people that have actually paid twice to then go back and see... They, they really shouldn't have had a regular right. showing. It should have just been 3D. If that... If that doesn't win an Academy Award... Just for visual effects? Y- yeah. Y- just that. I mean, story, yeah. a lot of other things, but visual effects... They were the amazing. The whole thing's rigged. Rigged, <laughs> I tell you. The <laughs> whole thing is rigged. But I am in all seriousness that the movie was good. The, it was really good. There were some scenes straight out from the book. Um, the characters... Uh, everything seemed so natural. Like, when he was... Uh, scaring his girlfriend but not meaning to but when she would get well ex and she'd get scared mm-hmm. like i'm like it was so funny to us as an audience but at the yeah. same point you could see that she really was getting yes. jittered which is how you probably should feel when a astro, astro- <laughs> yeah. comes at you while you're operating and on they're the fighting person. in the, yeah. the air. Oh, yeah so good and i don't even want to get into like the third act when things get revealed and stuff yes. happens but that, even of itself, some of the best, mm. like, cinematography, things going forward and backwards, and that's all I'll say, but beautifully looking. It was, it was very And well it made done. the fight so interesting. Yes. And how they won was also, like... Oh, I know. The resolution of, of the whole thing was genius. Yeah. As it should I be. I have never yeah. seen... I th- I'd read something going into it, everything positive reviews, but one person saying, it's the same old Marvel formula... And so I went in with a bit of, like, let's be a little bit more critical, even though this is one of the movies that I've wanted for forever. And I go, even me trying to be critical with some of the things that I read, I'm like, no, that was actually perfectly well played. Like, the the writer was talking about uh, the musical influences and everything within there. So, like, when you're saying Beyonce and and, and the names... uh, that was actually really funny, and there was a reason why that was put in there. Right. And, I don't know, it just, and how cynical Doctor Strange was, was very much how he w- used to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cocky. In, in the yeah. first, yeah, that's how he got to be. I went with uh, one of my really good friends who is actually a doctor. Okay. So, at the one point when they were doing the, the first surgery, and he's like, he's saying a lot of mumbo jumbo stuff that isn't true. So, case in point, saying random stuff, he's like, besides that, he goes, uh, surgeons especially are prideful and egotistical. He goes, there's uh, a reason why they have to be, because you have to know that you're the best to do some of that stuff. So, right. he goes, that 100% uh, accurate. He goes, the listening to the music and everything, that's another thing that happens, honestly, in the ER. 
that they just you get in the zone and you're listening to music. He goes the cracking jokes, everything else too. He goes that's also something that huh. to break up. He goes everything besides just using some of the lingo. Right. He goes was a hundred percent on, huh. and I was like, that's it also awesome that yeah. Marvel got it down to real life. I mean, they didn't. Have, I would have just assumed, okay, maybe that is how real life is, but to hear from a real doctor right. that that is how doctors act and operate in there. He was also saying, like, with the other guy who, uh, I don't want to give away stuff, but, like... I don't know if this is the... I think the thing that you're about to say, I don't think it's really a spoiler. Are you talking about the other doctor? Yeah, the, the other at doctor. At the beginning of the movie? Yeah. I don't know. I think you could talk about so that. So he... Uh, the whole competition between doctors mm-hmm. too is also one of those things that happens all the time in the ER and right. and friendly rivalries or even sometimes they turn into bitter rivalries like it, it was in this movie. Yeah, and I forget his name, but he uh, in the comic books he is the doctor that fixed his hands, Doctor Strange's oh. hands, and then uh, but obviously didn't fix them enough, so Strange got a little upset with him that way. And then that doctor also at some point too goes off to study the mystical arts after learning. Oh. And I, oh, there's just so much. I just I want to be so good on not spoiling the movie right. because it is such an experience. It is, and then and they they threw um, a bunch of Easter eggs in there too, which was of course Marvel always does. But um, so when he's in his car, and I won't say what happens. After that, but when he's in his car and he's taking all those phone calls, or no, he's talking to the guy to set up his next mm-hmm. uh, surgery because he only wants the hardest ones. Like he doesn't want anything that's going to ruin his reputation. Yeah. Which kind of like at that point, I was kind of like, I hate this guy. But I think one of those people is supposed to be like the woman that had the brain implant that got struck by lightning. I think that's supposed to be Captain Marvel. Okay. So they're fun. switching. Uh, they're switching her uh, origin story, obviously, a little bit. They have to. Well, they but. already said that they were going to do yeah. that within the movie. Well, the, there was actually during that same conversation a military man that that fell and broke his spine, mm-hmm. aka um, the Rhodes. Uh, Rhodey. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I, don't know, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of other like just watching. It even I caught a lot of like nods to other things. Mm-hmm. There, there are two uh, end credit scenes, yes. so stay all the way to the end, and both those were also excellent. They were. Sometimes those those very end credit ones, are, you're like, oh, what the fuck did I stay for that one for? But this one was actually pretty valid. And I'm looking forward to Well, we also know that this movie is kicking ass because it made another $43 million this past weekend. Uh, combining that with its first uh, weekend, which I want to say was way higher than that. I think it was... 80 oh yeah, I would, weekend. I, yeah opening weekends are always um, more. which it killed it so it's already within a little over a week's time has 153 million that's domestic box office that's yeah. not even worldwide right this is another juggernaut which as people keep saying we're gonna stop liking superhero movies but we're it, we're it's, not and there's so much but they're so diverse like this isn't a, a superhero movie no this is a movie about magic this is more in line with Harry Potter than it is with Captain America. Well, and that's that's true, too, where they do set it in its own... Like, you could call this person uh, Abracadabra Man right. and, and follow everything, and it would still be an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. That, it honestly is a character in the Marvel Universe, right. is just 
adds it to this whole other group and what they do, how they've been doing it in the shadows and mm-hmm. everything to mean that they've always been there when the Avengers have been around. Like, right. that's really cool. Just they fight different yeah. battles. Yeah, it is. And it, I, you know, I don't know. I don't think comic book movies or superhero movies, especially Marvel movies, are going away anytime soon. No, well, that's definitely Marvel movies. Here's, as we say, why is one studio producing better stuff right. than the other and hoping that the other finally gets a visionary Yes. Like I said, Jeff Johns, I'll never re- stop saying, hopefully, in him right. we trust. We'll find out soon enough when, when Wonder Woman comes out. But Well, that's even now, though, I think those, some of those are still, I still... I'm a little more like cynical on yeah. some of those because I still feel they have the taint of... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Every time I hear that word, I can't help but do that. I'm such a five-year-old. <laughs> Of the past thoughts of Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers just need to stay away yeah. from that stuff. Yeah, they need to. Warner Brothers is good at uh, animation, so if, very much so. Yeah. So if they if they just well, stuck to that, Warner Brothers as a whole, they ruin a lot of other properties as yeah. well. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> don't don't get me started on them. They they're really just pissing me off. But uh, speaking of strange, uh, I read <laughs> again. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. My well, mind isn't just in a weird place today. Well, yeah, that type of strange. Uh, I picked up Betty Boop. Oh, yeah, okay. Number so that was, that was appropriate, Giggle, then. <laughs> <laughs> you, so you, okay, so you picked up Betty Boop. Yes. Yes, that's an odd choice for you. Very much so. I will say this. I, I mean, the old black and white cartoons um, of, I, want, I don't even want to say yesteryear, of, like, your grandparents' year. Yes, yes. I would watch those at when my grandparents would babysit us. And for as simplistic as they were, I thought it was so ingenious what they would do. Some frames that would be copied, this and that, learning mm-hmm. up about how they did stuff. Betty Boop being a big character from that era um, of black and white. But honestly, I picked it up because of... One of my favorite movies. And this is going to sound like the weirdest, like, No, I'm excited connection. to hear this. <laughs> Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Okay. Oh, she was in Who Framed yep, Roger Rabbit. at yeah. the Ink and Paint Club. Mm-hmm. And uh, Eddie Valiant goes in there and, you know, is talking to Betty and and says, boop, boop, be doop, boop. <laughs> and I just, that scene in and of itself, I just thought, because there was the whole, uh, the whiskey with, or rum on the rocks and he means ice. Yeah. As a kid, I never got the, the joke of, they gave him real rocks right. in it, like because not knowing what he was talking about until yeah. old enough to drink and know what that meant. So, anyways, I was like, you know what? I want to learn a little bit about Betty okay. and, and see what her comic book is about to maybe hopefully explain more of like the old you know cartoons were just her kind of kind of dancing and and being like like a flapper girl, yeah. sex idol type. Yeah, and. Within this book, you you see that a bit. You you get to understand. Now I didn't read the first uh, book of this series, and for some reason something happened where there's some like ghosts things. Okay. And the world that she lives in, there are like humans. There are definitely like other weird caricatures. Because like, okay, we got it. We got to say what is the obvious. 
She's got a sexy body with the weird fucking like yes, huge head. giant head. Yes. And back in the day, those proportions looked normal being a cartoon. Right. But in this book, it's very. I don't know what. Is it off-putting? <clears throat> yes. <laughs> I mean, not in the sense of like I'm looking like hot damn, but at the same point, there are some pages where you're just like, that is just so weird. Oh and yeah. The small lips and, and yeah. the big eyes that it's, it it looks like if there was more of an anime body, it would because her face looks kind of like Astro Boy, a yes. bit. It feels like. But the proportions. Well, and they in this comic, it looks like they gave her even more of like a realistic body shape than than the shorter. Yeah, but in like they, she always had like you know boobs and stuff and and mm-hmm. hips, but it was never like they never really emphasized that because it was a long time ago and well, they, there was decency laws and stuff. I mean, within this one guy wanting to like hit on her, um, old. Colonel Sanders guy, <clears throat> there is people with two heads in there, or oh, there is there the skeleton crew that's singing. Like, <laughs> so this is definitely a fantasy cartoon land. Yeah. world, and with that, I then understand why there's ghosts. But the that's another thing where it's so surreal of cartoony characters with people that look like normal characters, and then. There's Betty, who is, like, a half between too cartoonish (laughs) and not. And the dialogue even is is something that's one of the things that we'll get in with another book, too. Dialogue, to me, is always, I mean, that's what uh, brings a story, you know, moving. Right. And, and like, when she's like, hold on, you wait just a a gold darn minute, like... (laughs) As if this is back in the day where, she, you know... You couldn't swear. Yeah. yeah. In, in just that era. So let me ask you this. When she says that, do you hear it in her super high-pitched voice? Yeah. yeah? Okay. <laughs> and just even when she does do a... In the book, a boop-boop-be-doop. Yeah, you boop, hear it. <laughs> in real Betty and Boop it's style. Just so... <laughs> and... and, and like I said, and she works at the Oopa Doop Club. So oh even, my god, that's there, fabulous! There is so much within this book that I I have to give it a, a thumbs up. Like, there's some that I'm like, uh, I don't know about this book. Yeah. But then again, I've I've never been the hugest fan to have read. But obviously, right. there is comic book readers for this if they are making a comic for book for sure. And I think those people would definitely love this. They would get a little bit more than what I um, got, out, got of out of it. Yeah. But I also have to say I feel sorry for um, her friend. I believe his name was uh, Rocco, um, the dog-looking character. Because then again, as as we've said, there are many different animal-type right. creatures and ghosts and Anim- goblins and everything. Anamorphic. Yeah. Um, oh, Bimbo is his name. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there. And when. Okay. And when he saves the day, because throughout the whole thing, he's pining for Betty and right. saying how much that he he likes her. We get to, like, kind of the last page where um, she pretty much friend zones him. And I felt bad for him then. Aww. I, at this point, go, I, no, man, <laughs> little, little, like, cat dog dude. Like... <laughs> Is he a cat dog? 
I don't know exactly what he is, but he looks kind of... He looks like a dog with that. He's got kind of more cat ears. Yeah. So, but I think he's a dog, but... He also looks really young. Yeah, very young. But, I mean, Betty's younger, but yet it's got a... I guess I don't think of her as young because her character's been around for so long, but I guess she doesn't age because she's... uh, She's always looked exactly the same, but I still think of her as, like, she should be in an old folks home by now or something. But, like, (laughs) when she's, like, saying, like, because he's, like, telling how much he likes her and wants to date her and, like, well, really, well, really and truly, boys may come and boys may go, but you, you'll always be my very best friend. Oh. He goes, oh, shucks. When you put it that way... I guess I'm getting the best of the deal at all. He is and young. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I can only guy. imagine though. I can only imagine the many like old cartoons where it was always a guy wanting to go for yes. Betty and her always trying to like get Shut out of it down. in some way. And how I'm like, is this how the whole series is gonna be? <laughs> Start shutting people down left and right. <laughs> Betty Boop Friend Zone 101. <laughs> That should be the next Betty Boop comic they do. But it was very good, and like I said, the interesting from the the art, it was very very beautifully done in this. Like I said, this cartoonish style, but right. very also off the wall at parts um, because it is Toontown, so things can just happen weirdly. Yes. But the dialogue definitely uh, pulled it through, and and yeah, you weren't disappointed in spending some time. Reading Betty Boop? No, I actually might pick up... I don't know if I'll get into the whole series, but I definitely will pick up another one randomly to yeah. see Bimbo. <laughs> see if he's gotten uh, yeah. gotten some tail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, well, I picked up uh, this week a more realistic book, I guess I would have to say. Um, so I picked up Violent Love from Image, number one. I actually put this on my pull list, like, months ago. I never put number ones on my pull list. I always just go to the comic book store and I'm like, oh, look, a number one. I guess I'll get it. <laughs> but I really liked the cover of this one when I was going through the, the pre-stuff, so I put it on my list because I'm like that. Um, so it's from Frank Barbieri, who actually did, um, I don't know if you remember, I reviewed a book series a while back called Broken World, where... They were trying to get off-world because there was an asteroid that was going to hit the Earth or something like that, and they would only let the oh, rich yeah. people on. So he wrote that, and then the art is by Victor Santos. So this book is, it starts off with an older gentleman. He's babysitting, I guess, uh, probably like an early teen girl. And she goes into his house, and she sees like a picture of these two people, like a mugshot newspaper article. And so she asks him about it, and he starts telling her this story about this couple who are kind of like a Bonnie and Clyde, uh, natural-born killers type of crime couple, you know, the impassioned lovers who rob banks and kill people. Mm -hmm. America's favorite story. (laughs) Um, But this one starts with the um, origin, I guess, of the female part of the team, which is Daisy, and shows her... Like, her life just before she turns down what is obviously going to be this really dark path. Um, And it's really, the art in this, the story is like your very basic, not even basic, but your story is like, it's like the traditional gangster, gangster, noir, boy meets girl 
boy and girl rob bank and kill people. Well, I mean, can't even say that yet because we haven't right. gotten even to that, which I thought we were right away going to. Right, because they cover, they have a whole splash page <laughs> of them committing crimes. Yeah, the and, Bonnie and Clyde yeah. type duo. Yeah. Um, but really, I mean, he starts from the very beginning, and I, I'm interested in, because in, he's a, a retired police officer, the, the older gentleman that's telling this story, but I'm really interested in how he knows this much detail. That's what I'm thinking. That's the big plot twist yeah. is that he is actually... <laughs> right. Because he knows, like, he's telling... They're telling her story, and it's her. You know, she starts off as a diner waitress, and then it's, it goes into the relationship between her and her father and stuff like that. But how would he know all of this stuff? Especially since they spoil this right at the beginning, and since it is a Bonnie and Clyde story, you know that they die in like a violent mm-hmm. sort of way together. So, or he says that already to the reader and to the girl to yeah. throw her off the question of where they are now. When really he's he's one of them. Could be, or maybe it's his son. No, because then no. Cause... Or this could just it could have just been a plot, and this is actually just a flashback that maybe she won't even know, but we're getting the insight into it just to give us a better story. Mm-hmm. But she starts as a diner waitress. She's working, you know, diner waitresses in a time where you get slapped on the ass, and you if you in that great time in America. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And if, you know, the customer's mad about something you did, then you're the one who gets in trouble for it, even though they're giant assholes. Yep. Um, but she wants to go to school, and she's trying really hard to, you know, get into a good school, and her father's an auto mechanic, and something happens, and you find out that he's got, like, a shadier past, and some there's a falling out between the two, and some even crazier shit happens. I just can't, I don't want to give away what happens at the end, because I think people should read this. But again... The art in this, so at the beginning, um, I think that the color scheme is definitely more of a realistic color Mm -hmm. scheme, and then when you get into, like, the newspaper articles and stuff like that, it has that sepia tone to it, and then when you get into the actual, like, flashback, it's definitely a grittier. You know that it's not current time. I love it when artists can portray time without... I mean, they do have a giant thing that says 1969, but you would <laughs> you would still know just by looking at the art that you're not looking at the same time period you were uh, at the beginning of the book. Oh, I get a whole side tangent yes. about time, but okay. <laughs> I don't know if it, if we want to bring it up now or not. Okay. Have you, well, first, did you watch Black Mirror? Yes. San J- Junipero. Did you watch that episode? Which one was? Which that was one? with the different 1980. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, as you say, you know, the title of which age it is reminded me of that and how that that was just such an amazing episode. Out out of all the Black Mirror episodes, most of them terrify me and I have nightmares about. That one actually left me with, like, a warm and fuzzy feeling. Well, I was expecting when, you know, when's the shoe going to drop? When when is something bad going to happen? And it didn't, which was... A bigger surprise I know, than I it not being the normal <laughs> shitty ending. I know. This season of Black Mirror... I mean, fuck. All the seasons of Black Mirror are amazing. And, I mean... The, but I now, I now think of yeah. that specific episode whenever there's time jumps and a title uh, card of, like, what year we're in. Right. So, like, in this even, you know, from where he's telling his granddaughter the story or... Yeah, his grand... 
Grandpa I, granddaughter. I thought I, I, I didn't really even. Say no, that. I feel like like he's like his, he knows her mom and she had to go to work, so yeah, he so dropped. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe just a babysitter, yeah. friend, neighbor. Yeah, so maybe not. They live in the the they live in the country. So. Yeah, but even <laughs> from that time to the time of as you said, you can even tell within the tones. Yes. of the of the book, but in the in that at one episode, you could tell. By people, what they are wearing. Oh, and especially, the music. I don't even want to give away of when you realize yeah. going through different times. The technology but and it was just everything. So, it was like, well done, visually yeah. stunning. And so now I, I will start judging books when they do time jumps yeah. by that and how much <laughs> did they actually change it. Right. I mean, I know uh, Back to the Future books. Uh, I've been still reading some of them. They've been doing it pretty well too to yeah. like show a piece here and then like when you're at a different time in the same, the same spot yeah but different so that you kind of get that feeling yes of that is important little stuff like that is important yeah so that was my t- side change yeah <laughs> that was a good side tangent i don't I even think. know where, where we were at with the book we, we the art and showing the difference and t- and i don't even know that it's like if you look at the dress and stuff you can obviously <coughs> see that it's a difference in time period and they're completely different characters the beginning is being told by an old man to this the girl that he's watching and the flashback is about completely different people so you know you're you're looking at something different but it really does it, it just like the the shading in it is harsher so it you know you feel like you're almost watching a movie instead mm-hmm. of like you're directly involved in the story, like some comics try to get you to, with the realism in it, they try to make you feel like you're right there, whereas this kind of is like, you're just watching this stuff happen, because it already happened a really long time ago. It, like, as speaking about um, Betty, Betty Boop uh, book, we, I really enjoy, like, the, like I said, dialogue. Mm-hmm. There's no other way to say, because it brings these characters to life. And, like, even when the, the the story starts being told and the old man goes, you know, things were, I'm like also reading it in kind of like a Clint Eastwood yeah, old man type. He is kind of a Clint Eastwood like, Eastwoody type. Much harder to tell the good guys from the bad. Lawmen like me had it rough. But them two, they shared a violent love that damn near consumed everything in their wake. And it's like, I'm like getting that this guy is very into this story. Yes. And you find out because they saved his life. Mm-hmm. That. How did they save his life? I want to know. I'm so tied into this story. And I will say the bad guy too. The fucking like oh giant my God. nails. nails what he yeah. does. Oh. I'm like that is some well, dark e- shit. Even that that page where they show and this really won't give too much away where they show introduce him and they show him torturing the guy because I'm assuming he it had something to do with money because he seems like the racketeering type. Um, <laughs> but. The use of, like, almost no color. Like, it's basically oranges and reds because they're, it's dark. They're in a dark, mm-hmm. dark room. And just that transition in color. Well, and the nails that he drives into people's yes. hands, that's kind of, holy shit, yes. that's sadistic. And it makes it, like, you can tell, just, the, I don't I just can't get over the art in this. Like, the, they show the guy crying. Like, you kind of feel bad for him. You mm-hmm. can see the nails in his arm and the blood everywhere, but it doesn't make you, like, I think Kevin could read this book and be okay with the level of blood that's in it because he's very anti-gore. <laughs> <laughs> and, but so they hide it in a way that's not super off-putting, but you still kind of get the point across that this guy is not going through a good time. 
he's not having fun being nailed to that chair. Um, and then the very end of this book, kind of the way it sets her up to become what she's about to become, that whole thing that happens at the end, yep. and then that last page where they show her eyes, it's like you're like, oh, shit, something's gonna, she's, something's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it, oh. I'm really glad I put this on my pull list. I can't wait for the next one to come out. I I kind of want to save my last book for a little bit. Like yeah. I want to get into a little more new, just because it, I I love, I want to, we haven't even really discussed it, because I want to know your honest opinion. Okay. Because I think that I am going to be a little more biased in my thoughts, which right. really, it, it's, I, I mean, it's not strange, but it's strange, which... I don't know. I, I don't know if we're not going to have a theme of strange things going, but I'm going <laughs> to... Stranger things. Yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, learning that uh, Miyazaki is coming out of retirement. Yes. And he's been retired for three years now. And he's there's a short uh, project that he is working on that... He just isn't liking the way that it's going, and so he wants to officially um, make it a. Uh, he, it was a short that he was making for the um, Ghibli uh, Museum. Oh my god, I want to go there so bad. <laughs> and, and in August, like he presented a proposal to to make Boro the Caterpillar a full length feature. Okay. And it hasn't been greenlit, but he's still going ahead and making it. So he's doing things. Okay, come on. They're not going to not greenlight this no. thing. Like, no. that in and of itself is just semantics here. He wants to work on a project. It's going to happen, which he retired one other time, too, back in, like, mid-90s, late-90s. And Well, you can tell when he re- when, when he retires, and I'm using, I just apparently I'm obsessed with air quotes, um, <laughs> because, like, if you look at the movies that come out, it's, it's you can tell, because he's got, like, a... He'll direct one, and then somebody else will direct one. But it's always like his movies are always the ones that do way better, and you rarely even ever hear about the other ones. Yeah. But there's always like a gap where like maybe two movies come out that he, yeah, that he <laughs> didn't did. direct. Yeah, because then when he's when he's there, they kind of be like, hey, come here, check, check yeah, eye on this and yep. <clears throat> I remember Princess Mononoke was the first um, of his films that I was looking forward to seeing just because I thought it was sweet with a, a giant wolf and Mm -hmm. and this you know mystical and that's where i've started to really look into some of the foundations of these stories and where they come from right uh the mythology of them because they are mostly based off of other urban lore and legends and certain things and and that's where i just started falling in love and then just the beauty of the the animation i love miyazaki movies i uh, Princess Mononoke, I think, was one of the one of the ones that came out that really got uh, just the general public interested. Well, that was, in yeah, his I movies. think that was also one of the first uh, U.S. type. Well, I I when I was younger, I loved Kiki's Delivery Service. Okay, <laughs> and that came out in the eighties. That one, I wasn't. I mean, yeah, yeah but I mean, <laughs> and my neighbor not Chitoro. all of them are yeah. for everyone. No. But how was Moving Castle? Like that, that was, one, that was badass. Spirited Away. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. When Spirited Away came out, it was just that's, like, and that's kind of sad. Yeah. 
but good, but like his it's the movie a very sad movie. Definitely <laughs> evoke um like feelings, yes. emotions. Yes. They do. They always do. I've cried in many of them. And you know, Ponyo was one of the last ones that I really liked from him and that's the Little Mermaid story, but it's done in a completely different way than any Little Mermaid story you've ever mm-hmm. seen, you know. But okay, so he's coming out of retirement very exciting that is uh someone who isn't coming out of retirement but who's been less of a recluse uh dave Chappelle. no <laughs> yeah he hasn't done shit well he did stand up a couple weeks ago that pissed a bunch of people off mm-hmm. but we won't go into that because it's political but, in nature but. but he's he's it seems like he's i understand why and like listen to a lot of other comedians talking about when people just quit the business mm-hmm. you sometimes need to just do that otherwise they'll consume you right but it seems like he's kind of getting back into the business God, I hope so. and specifically nerd wise the walking dead skit from snl yes the, the cold open that yeah. was hilarious yeah i don't even know if that was the cold open that was during his just, monologue yeah wasn't just part it? of his monologue yeah. yeah it wasn't cold open that was just a Let's throw this in here because we shot this. So full of humor and just nostalgia for anybody that ever watched the Chappelle show. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, It was so good. It was just, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would have been disappointed if he would have gone on Saturday Night Live and not rehashed any of his old characters, but he did it. And he tied it into The Walking Dead, and it was amazing. <laughs> and Tony and I laughed about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so did you know that there is a National Toy Hall in, Hall of Fame? I did, and <clears throat> I actually heard what, uh, what got initi- initiated. Yeah, inducted. Inducted, yes. Yep. Into the... uh, Dungeons & Dragons uh, has... The nerds are rising. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, it's been around for over 42 years, yeah. and... There are other toys that have been longer, but those like wooden block stuff, most of those have been already in the right. Um, the museum. I mean, Star Wars, Silly Putty, Lego, you know, jump ropes, um, Game Boy, like those iconic things. And I'm surprised it's taken this long for Dungeons & Dragons. I guess maybe because you would think it's not a toy, but games are toys, yeah. and it is a game. It is. A, it's, yeah. Definitely, that it's now being inducted with... Uh, uh, three, two other uh, inductees this year. Um, a uh, the old barnyard play school playset, which oh, I actually had. Like little people. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I don't know if they were little people, but it, uh, I know that the barn door will move yes, when you yes. open it. So you know what we're talking about. Yes. And then uh, a swing. Oh, God. A swing is swings are not in the Toy Hall of Fame yet. I guess not. I feel They're like just... swings and balls were the first toys ever. No, well, um, it, it it's it's a probably a specific swing that they sold in mass market. Mm. You know, to easily set up at a house. So, like, just saying swings in general, that's not really a toy. But I guess this in, I in this instance, the picture they have is like of an old janky swing. Yeah, but that play. looks like. Something that you could buy at the store and build at home, <laughs> which would be a little scary, but then again, back in the day. Um, yeah. But yeah, this beat out uh, like 12 other nominees this year. Including your 
beloved Transformers. I know, and that's what pisses me off. I'm like, <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll, we'll give Dungeon and Dragon. Yeah, no, that's not in yet. Like, yes, Dungeon Dragons, you deserve to be they in there. Definitely does. But so does Transformers. So anyone that is part of this judging contest, you're just having a difficult week all around, Tony. Yeah, I'm so <laughs> the duality of them. <laughs> Well, next year you'll have to make sure you campaign harder for the toy that you want to win. Well, now that I know about this, <laughs> I will campaign harder. Um, one thing I wanted to cover was a couple, about a month or so back, we talked about Spider-Man Homecoming mm-hmm. and the casting of Zendaya, who only has one name like Madonna, of Mary Jane. And, or <laughs> and, the, and the uproar behind it because she is black. Well, she's not, they just came, she's not going to be Mary Jane. Yeah, well, anyone that thought that was, I, I don't know what the correct term, naive? Well, I think that the reason why... I hear people don't like being called naive, but naive <laughs> is sometimes the right word. <laughs> I think, okay, I think the reason why people thought that is because she's the only female character that had been announced, casting that had been announced at that point so they're like well then she must be mary jane because she's the only one that exists in the superman superman spider-man yeah spider-man universe <laughs> well here's the thing i th- i think more and more uh some studios are are hiding some cast members from certain films yeah as can be seen with ending of doctor everything is coming up strange like but <laughs> that, if he's yeah. gonna be in that movie I had no realization that right. he was going to be in it. Yeah. Which is a big surprise. So yes. I'm hoping more. That would be awesome. I want more it strange. Be... <laughs> uh, so now they think, and of course, everybody was wrong about her being Mary Jane, so this could be a, an entirely wrong guess as well. And it's the internet, so, you know. Um, so instead of being Mary Jane, she sounds like she's going to be Liz Allen. Who's that? Not a character I have ever... I mean, I'm a Spider-Man fan, but I don't... She was... um, She winds up marrying Harry Osborn in the comic books, but she's just like a nerdy, smart, sarcastic kid that that went to high school with them. Okay. So, I mean, I I don't know. Maybe they're trying to add more less known characters into it to build the universe up bigger uh, no you know what though no because they don't need to build the universe now that marvel has it under their I, umbrella you know it it could just be a random new character or it yeah could, to be honest though i don't care because i'm gonna watch the movie it's true regardless of who's playing who or what's playing what because i now have a firm you know not like like uh hope yes that they're and i even actually out of all the franchises that have not done so well. I've loved actually all of them that they've done. The Spider-Man, the Andrew Garfield. I even see. The I like the Maguire Andrew. Ones. I like the Andrew Garfield <laughs> ones. The Tobey Maguire ones. I liked most of them. The third one <laughs> was much to left much to be desired. It was mostly him dancing. But that, <laughs> that <just> everyone <laughs> can't get over the dancing. Um, it was just weird. I did hear though. Uh, in, what's the uh, Tom Holland? Yes, the new Spider-Man, yeah. Uh, six movies contract. Oh, wow. Uh, or is that six, all? But that's, no, that's six movies being Spider-Man, though. Right. That doesn't necessarily. So 
if he's in the new Avengers, that would be probably one of them. Right. But it's a six-movie deal of him being... So I think... Like, and if some, they do, they're talking about maybe doing a Venom movie, even. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that would... Probably play into it. Yeah. Everyone crosses their fingers and hopes that this time it'll be true. That <laughs> they'll finally do a Venom movie. Well, well, maybe they'll finally do an X-Men movie, right? Yeah, because they can't. And Fox... No, they, they can. <laughs> and then they... Fuck it they up. fuck it up again. Cause you're first, right. They, first class was yes. well. I didn't care for first class, but I did. I like, didn't because I was like, this is ruining continuity. But then I'm like, nope. Sit back. Remember yeah. that the movie universe is different than comic book universe. And when you look at it that way, I'm like, that was right. actually a pretty good movie. I can't remember you know, like, now. Done it a little bit better. There was there was just certain, and that this is my problem with all X Men movies. But it's ju- it's a personal thing because I am such a fan of the comics. Mm-hmm. Anytime you're a fan of the source material, it taints anything done <laughs> after that. <laughs> so I can't. I have just I have such a hard time finding anything really redeeming about most X Men movies. Um, but I did like Days of Future Past, even though that was completely different from the way the comic book happened. But I don't know if... You mean days of let's put Wolverine in everything? Well, if you read Days of Future Past, though, and I know you have... Well, it is mainly revolves around him and Kitty, so... Well, and it is very much just Kitty Pride going into the past and doing things and, like, politically based. It's like, it's... And it's very short. It's like a three comic book run. Yeah. It's not... It's super long. So there's really not a lot of source material behind Days of Future Past. It's just the idea of it is so intriguing that you can build off of it mm-hmm. much easier but foxes is uh sounds like they're ready to hit the reset button again and that's where that will kill them even more i think so i think you can well here's reset as in let's just do no i don't know but you need to have the same cast you can go in a different direction than what you thought you're gonna go into but if it's another fucking origin that is not needed. Doctor Strange needed an origin. Yes. Because not a lot of people know him. Black Panther needs an origin. Ant-Man needed one. But let's say who's another big name in Marvel that... I mean, Spider-Man doesn't need another one. And I guess you're always given a, a pass on your first movie. Right. To kind of have that set in stone. But I even think that some movies, they, it's not needed. And I'm right. glad that's one of the things that that Affleck has said with the new Batman movie is it's not going to be an origin. Right. We're not going to go... Back in time? Yeah. It's not needed ever. I don't even think... Everybody knows how... My four-year-old nephew knows how Batman became Batman. And they kind of... They did the origin story in Batman vs. Superman already. It was five minutes long. It was the same origin story Mm -hmm. they use in every single Batman. They, Batman, that, that's one of those origin stories you cannot change. I want to see them in future movies if they do a flashback to cut in, uh, Michael Keaton. (laughs) (laughs) Where they filmed that scene. (laughs) Just see if people, because you wouldn't know who the kid is or the parents. Yeah. They have no relevance in the movie. Right. Unless they come back as ghosts, in which case, all right, then you'd have to find actors that look like, but, yeah, that would be just, you could, I mean, you really could cut any of those from any of those movies. Yes, and just use them over and use over it, and over yeah. and over again. Because it's always the same look, too. It's always the same time period. The, the necklace yep. breaking on the ground. Mm-hmm. and Yep, the slow motion falling backwards. <laughs> yes, it's always the same. 
And and Spider-Man too. I mean, obviously they've done it in different ways, but it's always Uncle Uncle Ben dying, right? That's always yeah. part of the origin story. You just don't need to rehash that shit over and over and over again. And the X-Men in the comic books didn't even really have an origin. You the first comic just takes place at the school. It doesn't explain really like it gives you a very brief like this is Professor Xavier and these are his X-Men students with gifted abilities <laughs> who are shunned by society. Yeah, and that's the origin of the X-Men. Right there. Just one sentence. So I don't... There's, I think it's too hard to do a team origin story. So, uh, switching to something completely different. Which, uh, it's hard to... You got me all heated about X-Men, and now you're just shutting me down. <laughs> well, there'll be plenty of time and plenty of other podcasts to go off on that. I know. But this, this is news that I don't have much to talk about because I don't want to read about what's going on. Okay. It is, the entire plot of the Game of Thrones Season 7 has been leaked oh, online. yeah. Why, America? <laughs> I, yes, this is one of the many reasons why we can't have nice things. I know. And I am a person that loves guessing. I do love going to different sites and seeing the theories. Because one theory will lead my mind mm-hmm. in another. Having actual plot points takes it all away, it makes does. it not fun, and it does ruin it for other people who, okay, there are those people that really want to know, mm-hmm. but you really shouldn't because then you will inadvertently say it to someone else who will then say it to someone else who will get back to people. Like, yep. That's why we try to be spoiler, but we also do it in a way of if you haven't seen Doctor Strange yet, go yeah. fucking see it. Well, and also, you, I mean... And if you haven't seen the Power Rangers trailer, <laughs> rewatch that. <laughs> <laughs> You were doing a very good job of mentioning that every podcast. I, didn't I say it? That I was <laughs> you <going>? were. <laughs> You're doing a very good job. Well done. Uh, yeah, don't, I mean, we're past the point where the books are going to tell you what happens. Yeah. And it, it was always kind of like the main points were always in the books, but sometimes how you got there was a little bit different. But now we're in uncharted territories. There's, there's no reason. And I mean, I could look more of the different sources that we have to see but i don't because i don't want to even get spoiled even by a little bit i don't either that last season was so intense for me because i had just avoided like the i mean and the the one the one the whole the door episode was like i cried for like a day about that one that was just amazing. If I would have known, like, halfway through the episode, I kind of realized what was going on, but if I would have known ahead of time, it would have completely taken that effect away. I think that was, out of any death, I think that was the the biggest no, no. Yeah. Even, like, when something, like, Ned got his head chopped off, or, um, Rob gets, you know, the Red Wedding, and, and all these other things that happens, you you're invested and you're like mm-hmm. holy shit but that one was just like there were real tears yeah and because of that life knowing that that was always going to happen right oh, fuck that's still yeah. that's getting me a little i bit know like, right it's it was just and the i mean everything the about the whole way that whole story was told and you know brand affecting the past and it feeding into the future and stuff like that it was just an amazing story all around and game of thrones is usually pretty good about that I want to watch it, though. It's meant to be visual. I don't want to read what the fuck's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it's not. it was made as a book first, so maybe it is meant to be read. <laughs> <laughs> I 
but I like it visually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it with, with the news that I have. Uh, I, I just I want to I wanna throw out one thing, not because I'm excited about it, but because my 13-year-old child is really excited about it, and he has his fingers firmly on the pulse of of nerd news because he texts me like every other day like he texted me yesterday he's like did you know cloak and dagger are getting their own tv show and i was like what they are apparently cloak and dagger are getting their own tv show um but uh young justice season three they're coming out with and he loved the it was on cartoon network for two seasons and apparently is one of the best dc animated cartoons ever and then it just in uh, abruptly got canceled for some reason. Mm-hmm. I think it had something to do with the mix-up, or the change-up in, like... The league? You, like, maybe, you know, Warner Brothers oh. buying DC outright and stuff like that, and I'm not sure entirely why it stopped. But now it's coming back, and you know, if if you have time to, to binge-watch the first two seasons before the third one starts. Well, that was... that. I mean, that would have been also... Back at Grand Rapids Comic Con, really tried to get a interview with Greg Weissman, who one of the creators of Young, Young Justice. Justice, and he obviously was busy, and probably he knew why more he was busy yeah. before the Man, announcement was made. We could have totally been on the we could have pulled the dirt on him and got some <laughs> stuff. <laughs> we could have been on the cusp of that one, uh, but I'm I'm you know I'm excited because he's excited, and I think it's important for kids to be. I took a little girl to the comic book store yesterday to get her her first like real comic books because she's been into DC the DC girls or the, yeah. the you know that and, oh, and I just spent like a whole half an hour with her in the comic book store just picking cool. stuff out it was like my favorite moment of the day so you know share with your kids alright <laughs> so now for the true test of comic book reviews uh, WWE then now Forever, number one or as, from Boom or, Studios. Or as Tony texted it to me last night, WWE, then Mo Forever. Yeah, it was <laughs> just pretty late and pretty drunk. and They spelled everything else you right. You did. It was almost perfect. Well, when you told me that, hey, uh, so when you texted me yesterday, I'm like, oh, shit, what did I say? And then that's the only thing. That was the only thing. It was just funny. I just thought it was funny. So I got to start off by saying, okay, Getting back into being a big wrestling fan again, story arcs and everything are lacking on one program, amazing on others. And this is going back also two years ago before the brand split. And if you don't watch wrestling, you probably won't even care about this book review. But if you do, you might not even care about this book review. And that's where I'm having a hard time putting into words because... There's stuff that you can do within comic books that is a little more far-fetched than would happen on wrestling shows. Right. Some of the hijinks afterwards and everything, but having them be their persona still, which they do promos in the back and everything like that. They're always in character. However, some of the stuff like truck wrecks and like car wrecks and stuff, you can draw it a little bit easier than planting like a giant scene and the cost production of that Mm -hmm. for a Mm -hmm. small segment. They don't really do that anymore. But the storyline here, it's, it's already been told on. Yes. So I I actually not a fan of wrestling, but I have watched wrestling and I actually know that this is storyline takes place before the shield breaks up. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, because the main, the main, this story is mainly about the shield. Well, we got to, here, we got to say, though, too, this is a huge book. Like, I think there's over, like, 46, 50 yeah, pages it is, of. It is really long. <laughs> of, you know, actual, and not everything follows around this main. There's no. some other fun one-shot yes. stories um, that they collected from San Diego mm-hmm. Comic-Con, but getting into this main one about the shield, and you're you're getting into Seth uh, Rollins' uh, head. Yeah. Who, I always, sometimes talk to my buddy Mike, who loves wrestling, I say Henry Rollins, Rollins, <laughs> and then, I mean, Seth. It's not really Hen- cousin Seth. Not Henry Rollins. Um, but, uh, and, and how he wants to, you know, break off and be, it's all me. Right. Which is, and then if you know how the storyline progresses in wrestling, yeah. that's exactly what happens. And that's where I don't know if this is for then new people that didn't know that. Well, that's what I gathered because this is, to me, it seemed, because they're coming out with a series at the beginning of the year just called WWE. Right, WWE number one. It says the story will continue in WWE number one. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I don't know if this is just like background. So when they do come out with the main series, that you'll know what's going on, I guess, if you don't. But if you don't watch wrestling, why would you read this? I mean, th- yeah, why would you and I, I would, be a fan of wrestling right. to pick this up? Yeah. Otherwise, there'd be no. And I have to say, too, uh, Dennis Hopeless is, is writing the ongoing series, which is he is a phenomenal writer. So. I have hope that it's going to be good, but if this is the story that they want to start with, it just it, you, I feel like they also they need to just do something totally different than what's going on right in the television show, make it its own universe here where there's a little more crazy hijinks. You know what this reminds me of? What? Do you remember that cartoon from like I want to say it's the '80s, the WWE yeah. cartoon that they played on Saturday mornings mm-hmm. before the because wrestling used to be on on Saturday mornings. Yep. And my dad used to watch it. And they always had, like, cra- the cartoon that was, like, crazy over the top. And that's what this kind of reminded me of. Because, like, they're sitting on top of a semi doing barbecue. Yeah. And, and Dean then, Ambrose gets really pissed off about there not being any potato salad. Yeah, I was like, really? <laughs> he is the maniac. Or what is it? The is it the maniac fringe or yeah. whatever they call him? Yeah. And that's where I was cringing, too, as being a fan and knowing all this. That's where I said, you need to read this to give me a better perspective of, was this good? Um, I, the art is good. I say I think, that it's phenomenal. the art is actually really yeah. good. And I don't like say that like I'm surprised. Is, I, I'm not surprised that they got somebody good to do the art to really sell this. I think that this would probably be better for maybe younger viewers. Well, see, I was hoping though you haven't even watched any wrestling because what I want to get that is I think even the story. Yeah. Is pretty well done of kind of showing who these people are and and everything. But because I've already known this story, seeing it told in a little more fictitious way, it it doesn't do it for me. Right. Well, and it gives you an internal monologue that you don't usually get from the shows at all. You don't get any internal monologues at all. And this is full of, of, what's his name? Seth Rollins. Yeah. His internal monologue. So it's definitely written from... And I'm sorry, yes, I have watched wrestling. I'm just not a f- huge fan. Okay, but still, <laughs> it gives a little bit more unbiased. Where, yes. Like, in th- this... It seems like this feud with with the Wyatt family, which, like I said, all this stuff, too, being... That was really confusing to me. Yeah, well, yeah, because it just comes out of nowhere, yeah. and it's as if you need to know right. who these other people are. Yeah. if you didn't, right. you'd be, who are these crazy rednecks that just yeah. hit their car 
and try to kill them. Right. And I, and I, like, I know who the Wyatts are, and I think mm-hmm. they're really creepy, but, um, like, I, and I know, so, like, I know the main storyline about The Shield, right? It's not like I watched every single episode, and I remember, like, Seth Rollins turning into a heel and, like, splitting up The Shield and stuff like that. I don't remember what was going on with the Wyatts at this point. I don't remember if they did have a feud with the Shield, if this is when that was going on. Mm-hmm. And it's the, that whole side, there's a, a lot of stories they're trying to put together, I think, into one, um, one, not even a full, this part of it wasn't even a full 24-page comic, I don't think. No. Because the one that came after that was a couple pages, too. And, and <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the, I, oh, it just, it... I did like, so there's this one scene where Seth Rollins is being all shady and he shows up at a yacht club for a party or something and he walks in and some lady's like, why is his hair, hair so wet? wet? Yes. And I laughed for like five minutes because I'm like, I have that same question. I, that was probably the most funniest line I've read in any comic book because of how true. I know. I've often seen him on like, during wrestling and I'm like, why is his hair, is that sweat? Or is that water? Why is his hair always so wet? <laughs> well, the, re, all wrestlers, they wet it up, obviously, before going out. His but, is, like, excessive. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, dripping wet. It's disgusting. L'Oreal. <laughs> but there's another part, too, where even it made Roman seem a little dumb of, like, you know, did it come true because you're superstar, right? And you're falling. Uh... And, and, like, Dean goes... It's not funny if you have to explain it, Roman. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it, it's, I'm, I don't know. But that main story, like I said, very well drawn. Uh, it seemed like it would be something if I didn't know, but then I'd still be confused right. with it. So maybe it is as, is as we said, it's fans. a teaser. Yeah, and maybe there's something else. But it seems like they're following the Shield breakup storyline, which. Maybe oh. they felt they didn't completely flesh that out. Or maybe because WWE keeps trying to force feed us the shield yeah. even now by making them all top like people like no guys, unless they have some blackmail on you. Right. Stop it. Yeah. Just stop. Nobody wants them. No, yeah. Nobody wants them. I kind of like Dean a little bit. I was going to say I think that out of all of them the ones that when they split up and were kind of doing their own thing, it seemed like the one that everybody was getting behind wasn't Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins, which were the two they mm-hmm. were really trying to shove into people's faces. It was Dean Ambrose. Yeah. And they made him very, very crazy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the lunatic fringe. That's what it is. Yep. Very, very crazy. But I, I also, besides this main... Uh, and this is why I think this is maybe geared more towards children. Some of the other stories. I, the, the New Day... <laughs> comic that they did about the unicorns and I don't this is in the mystical land <laughs> yeah <laughs> and they have like a time machine to go back in time and get rid get rid of all the booty moments in wrestling yeah and <laughs> I thought the most hilarious thing person who obviously looks like Ric Flair oh, yeah. with the with the going against a T-Rex and he goes ugh and then the little you know go down to like the the, yeah. the translated Woo! Yeah, I thought, but it is definitely like this is this is like a Saturday morning or Sunday newspaper cartoon 
type. Well, then, but there were some other ones that were a little more surreal because it went through. They were all like one page quick. Well, that one was a little bit longer. But and then there they were some did. Other... A, well, they did a watercolored like the one about. I think I don't know Sasha a lot about Banks. Sasha Banks. Yep. And I thought that one was kind of sweet because it like shows the... this little girl watching wrestling and, and Eddie, which yeah. we know has been her dream right. and wanting to be. So like that was that was touching. And and even at the end of it, where you know a little girl watching her then in the crowd. I was like, that was a really powerful. Yeah, it was. It was story. kind of shoved in the back. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 like <laughs> that could have been a full, like if they do a WWE book where they have like a full flesh out story like that each issue. Right. Even even doing a crazy bootio traveling through time, it would be like an anthology type book right. where I'd tune into what's the who's the the character of the week, and you could tell it. I think if they're gonna streamline some of these storylines, though, it's. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be good. Well, if they're going to make their stories based on storylines that they're trying to force on their shows that aren't getting as much attention as they want and they're mm-hmm. using this, I don't think it's the comic book's going to be successful because they are doing it primarily. Obviously, they're making this book primarily for fans because if you don't know anything about wrestling and you pick this book up, you're still not going to you're not going to understand what's going on. You're not going to know who any of these people are. Or what's going you on. You know, so like there's well there's a story of the Undertaker. If you don't know who the Undertaker is, <laughs> Those little one-page stories, though, I mean, that's yeah. not going to be what they're going to be focusing on. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, well, the so the tugboat one that they did, that was the Popeye style, yeah. that was based on an older wrestler, right? Mm-hmm. See, that's where my knowledge falls apart. <laughs> well, even then, yeah, even then, though, it was a fun story, but yeah, you really wouldn't have gotten it. Right. Uh, and yeah, it's... So, I mean, I guess time will tell. You know, WWE fans are... Uh, they're, they're some serious fans, so who knows? I'll definitely, at least I know, I'll at least pick up the next one to see where it's going. Right. Just, I pray that they have some of these other fun stories that were in there. I, yes. If it's just going to be the main storyline, I think that would get pretty boring. Uh, if they add some humor into it, though, it could add, a, it could cut it a little bit. That could be nice. Well, booze in a book this week is going to be uh, Archer and Armstrong. Yes. Number nine. From Valiant. Yep. And if you are picking up the book, pick up uh, the, um, what do you call it, variant cover by our our buddy uh, Ryan Lee, mainly because he's awesome and more people should buy his covers. Even though, I mean, don't judge a book by its cover, but... Sometimes it's okay to judge a book yeah. by its cover. I mean, they're trying to sell an art with yes. art. so. <laughs> um, but uh, this is definitely a good jumping on point for anyone that hasn't gotten into the series. Um, they've finally uh, finished up the other story arc, uh, having found um, Armstrong's uh, missing wife. And they are in Florida now. And the Floridians are going to come out, the Florida men, chase them around. But... The booze that I wanted to drink with this could have been betterly named. Betterly named. Betterly named. Yes. Yes, that's a new with word. With the words and Yes, and, and the stuff. things. <laughs> While reading this, you should pick up from Arcade Brewery, Archer and Armstrong Pale Ale. <laughs> that was a C2E2 beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they also still, they have they it They have on, it still. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Because it was delicious. Yes. So there's nothing that could not be better paired with our booze in a book than a booze that is named after the book. Yes. Fully immerse yourself in the Archer and Armstrong experience. (laughs) Uh, You got any uh, final thoughts before we go? 
Nope. Uh, I'm ready to curl into a ball and just hide for a while. That's my final the thought. Hairy hordes of Hogoth. Yes. <laughs> oh. No. Stay thirsty for some more strange. <laughs>